Thanks for listening to the Gateway Live podcast, a collection of recent sermons, teaching, and inspirational content brought to you by Gateway Church of Upstate New York. Visit our website at gatewaylive.org for more information. Now, here's today's message. My good friend this morning said, Pastor, you weren't very subtle last week. I don't intend on being this week either. Because God has a word for you. And uh, uh, the enemy is subtle. He comes in all kinds. And I, you, you can be wise in witnessing somebody. But sometimes some of you need to be hit right between the eyes. And uh, I, I just, I, so let, let me, I just want to start this in Galatians chapter 4. And then I'll uh, see if I can get to the main point. But Galatians 4, 15, it says it like this. And I got to say this. I miss my girl. Um, I don't know if she's, well, I'm not saying that because she might be watching, but uh, Jeannie's, uh, Jeannie's gone, and I was going to sing, there ain't no sunshine when she's gone. <laughs> I'm going to send her a clip, but uh, anyway, she's having a great time in Oklahoma with my grandkids, and, uh, but, and, but I do miss her. For those of you that live alone, i got to tell you, I'm gonna, I've, I've been alone for two days, and I'm like, ah! I just, I, God love you, and, and uh, all the more, t- for me coming here this morning, I was like, man, I get to see people. I was all excited. <laughs> Alone for two days, holy smokes. But the idea, uh, just, you know, you that, that live that solitary life, because everything works together for the good. It does. And so, but all the more important for you to be here. And if you know somebody that lives that life, all the more important for you to go up and be exuberant, be over the top in your affection and love. Because you never know who needs I need it, I'm alone. No. But God is good, and I'm glad she's having a good time. I got some great pictures. I'll show everybody who wants to see my grandkids. But here's what happened. It says in Galatians 4 and 15, it says, what happened to the sense of being blessed you had? Is that what it says? Yeah. What happened to the sense? He was asking the question. There was a time, for some of you here, you've, you felt blessed. Well, at least Paul was talking to the church of Galatia. So let, let me just tell you this. I, I am, I don't, I don't, I, I am blessed. I'm telling you, I'm, and uh, I don't say it to brag. I don't say it to say I'm better than anybody. It's what, it ought to be the state of mind and being for everybody that names the name of Christ. You know, I've heard preachers say, oh, it's so tough to be in the ministry. I, this morning, I went out even thinking and listening to the music and the gifts and the talent and, and, and looking around and seeing my friends and family. I just said, wow, I, I get to be a part of it. I'm not making that up. I said that right. I said, wow, what a, this is amazing. I'm blessed. I, I'm just, I have a sense of, of, of God's favor and goodness that's continual, and it's not, uh, uh, it should not be singularly to one person. It's to those that name the name of Jesus. And you understand what's true. You're blessed. You ought to be blessed. Let me tell you why I'm blessed. We had a great men's meeting. It's getting too big. We've got to do something. I don't know. Cut it in half. I don't know. Uh, 
uh, you get you get too many people and you can't have the conversations. And but they they ask me a question and you know me, I, I try to keep it brief. But but the idea of in Christ, um, there is a fullness of life. And, and I can't say that the last whatever years of, of me serving God, I've always felt that. But at this season of my life, there's enough experience and maturity to understand where I'm at. And that my cup is full. I'm just, it's not as if I stand and say that because I don't, I can't receive anything else. I'm always reaching, always forgetting what's behind and reaching for what's before me. But in the process, there is just a sense of being complete in him and blessed. That is where you will be if you're not there now. As you pursue spiritual maturity. To, oh, and, and, hmm, boy. The North American church in our culture, uh, sells salvation as if that is the end game. And I'm here to tell you today, salvation is taken care of. What God really desires of us is transformation or a formation. Not just, and I, God, thank you for saving me, but, but once I am experienced salvation, then there is a formation of Christ that he desires in me. And I, I, I'll get into that in just a minute, but here's, here's why. How can you say that? You stand there, you're full. Well, you're the preacher. You know, you're all spiritual. You know what? I'm as carnal as any one of you out there. Because we're all sold under sin. And there is none good, no, not one. And you don't get points for being good. You really don't. I realize every glass of water is going to receive a reward. But I'm going to tell you what, I stand righteous before God because of his death, burial, and resurrection. That is 100% my justification. The gift of righteousness in my life is just that. He gifted it to me because, because I chose him. I made, it, I made a choice. Lord, I'm going to give you my life. Here's my rack, okay? Here's my blessing. I'm going, to, we're going to, I'm going to trade this for all that you have? Yeah, I'll do that. And I have been blessed. Not that my life has not been without sorrow and heartache and and hardship and everything that happens in a human life. But the default setting, the fallback, the foundation of my life is the cross of Jesus Christ. And when that is your foundation, there's always hope. When that is what you fall, that, if that's what you trust in, then there is always a sense of being blessed. When you start trusting in something else other than the cross, that sense of being blessed is depending on that other thing that you're trusting in. Right? And I'm going to tell you what. The great thing about Jesus is he is the same yesterday, today, forever. He does not change. The power of the cross is consistent. What, what, what did the cross do for you? What did it do? I'm asking myself, what did it do? How does it make you feel blessed? My past is completely destroyed at the cross. 
Every failure, every fault, every sin, every act of wickedness was put to death there. And when I went down in a watery grave in the name of Jesus, I was, when I was baptized, as, as I'm telling you that are out there, we were talking at the men's meeting, my brother said, man, I just want to grab him, you know. I said, let's do it. No, we were not going to do that. But the idea of when I was baptized in the name of Jesus, I was buried with him. And the body of sin, the Bible says, was destroyed. What a, what a thrill. Raised in the newness of life. But it also, it, it, it caused me to, um, uh, when I took on his name and covenant with him, it, there was a new birth that happened. And you know what? It made me his. My choice, my faith, my choice, my obedient faith made me his. And because I'm his, he, he, you know, I'm going to tell you, you got kids out there, right, don't you? And, I, you know, some of you got great kids, some of you got kids that are a mess. And, and I'll tell you this, you don't love the ones that are a mess any less than you love the ones that are, you know, make you proud. In fact, sometimes the ones that are masked get more attention. And, and, and the idea of our lives, when you think about God, when you become His, you know what? You're His. My past is covered. My present is covered. And my future, I already know. I already know. It doesn't give me freedom to be carnal. It gives me freedom from all carnality. It really does. It gives me freedom from sin, not freedom to sin. Some of you don't have an understanding. You think this grace that we live in is an excuse that your flesh can do whatever it wants. But when you live in true grace, you want to be in relationship with a God that is so good. It's like, I don't want to do that anymore. It's not like, if I do that, I'm going to go to hell. That's so far from my thinking. It's the idea, God, I want... Man, you're so good to me. I love you. I, wanna, I don't want to do those things that, that you say don't do. The reason he says don't do them is because they hurt us. When he calls it sin, it's be, he calls it sin because it hurts us. Because he loves us. But I'm going to tell you what it will bring absolute, the, the complete wholeness that you desire in your life because you cannot be complete and whole in Christ and live a blessed life if you're looking and, and living, uh, if you're living in unforgiveness and looking for revenge. How many of you here have been done wrong? It is the story of humanity. You have not, you may have been done more wrong than me, but I'm telling you what, I could bring somebody alongside that's been done more wrong than you. And, and, and the idea that, well, I don't know how, what to do with this. Listen to me. Listen to me. If you want to live a blessed life, if you, it, it, it's not that when you say, God, I, how do I forgive something so heinous, so, so uh, uh, hurtful, whether to you that's done to you or uh, someone in your family. It's easy for you to believe the cross is a place for your sins to be nullified, to be destroyed. 
It's easy for you to be uh, to understand because I'm preaching th- that Christ is so much love for you to believe in that likeness of Christ that I'm talking about. But it's much more difficult to be like Christ. It's not just believing what he's like, but being what ultimately the formation and transformation is that work be to call to be like him. When he said from the cross as they brutalized him and, and nailed him there, he, and he looked at the crowd that cried out, crucify him. He looked at them and said, Father, forgive them. Well, that was easy for him, you think? I'm telling you what, you have no idea the pain and the suffering. And, and, and so when, I, uh, when I'm looking for the, the reason it's hard for us to forgive is because we want justice. If somebody caused you pain, if they come in and stole something from your house and they got caught, wouldn't you want them to pay? That's just justice, right? And there's other things much deeper in our lives that have been robbed. We've been robbed and we've been hurt and we've been wounded and and all of these things. And, And that sense of justice is in us. That we want somebody, we want them to hurt like we hurt. And and if to to truly experience and 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 when God demands, He doesn't He doesn't just ask it. He demands us to live a life of forgiveness. Do you know that He demands it? Why? Because if we're always looking for justice in that revenge, we're never in a place of feeling blessed. We're not in a place of, of peace because we say to ourselves, as soon as that person pays. Then I'm going to feel good. Well, you can live a long time and that person doesn't even know that you're ticked off. True or not true. Or may not know or may not care. Doesn't care that he hurts you. She hurts you. They don't. How many people live completely selfish lives and don't care about anybody else? Say, well, where is the justice? Well, let me tell you something. The brutality that was done to Christ Uh, uh, when he bore our sins on the cross, he didn't just bear my sins, he bore the sins of the entire world. He done, he, he, what was done to him, what was put upon him was the justice for every sin that you've done and everything that's been done to you. When I uh, uh, want retribution, and revenge, and I, and I go to God because I'm His. He's my Father. I said, Lord, they deserve punishment. He said, I did that. Yeah, but God, the, the, what they did was wrong, and, and, and they need to hurt. He said, I, I hurt. He said, I bore that pain. If you want justice in your life, I'm going to tell you what, it's going to come from a revelation of the cross of Jesus Christ. And when you can say, Father, I give up my right to punish them, and I put that punishment on the cross, and I see the brutality and, and, and just the humili- humiliation and all that went on in Christ as the sins of the entire world were put upon He He became sin. That's so, wow. He, that, he, and He was brutalized. 
And so you think of whether the molestation or the rape or the abandonment or the drunken, uh, you know, seasons of your life when somebody was just an abuser over you and you say they need to pay. I'm going to tell you what will make you blessed. If you say, Lord, I'm going to put that on you. Well, they never ask me for forgiveness. It may never. But you don't need to carry it anymore. Because if you do, that sense of being blessed will forever be in front of you. How many of you want to live a blessed life? Well, what about them? Let it go to the cross. There's nothing gets by him. You know, I, I don't, I honestly, I'm even at my age, I just, man, I want forgiveness. I, I hope they make it. Why? Because this is so temporary. Anyway, so that's why my sense of being blessed is because of the power of the cross. There is really, I don't believe, any other foundation to stand on to live a blessed life. It's not how much you know, how long you've been in the church, how, you know, how biblically astute you are. That, I know people have all of that, and they're still, they don't live a blessed life. They're not blessed. They're, you know, but you can. Well, I, I'm just starting. You can. Get the truth right now. The truth will make you free. You don't have to be, you don't have to do this for years. He already paid. Come right out of the gate with the understanding and the sense that, you know what, I'm blessed. So, all right, so. Ooh, that was my opening statement. What happened to the sense of being blessed you had? What happened to it? For I testify to you that if possible you would have torn out your eyes and given them to me. Have I now become your enemy by telling you the truth? L listen to this part. They are enthusiastic about you, but not for any good. He, he's, you'd have to read that chapter. There was people after they, they experienced the freedom and the new birth in Christ that come on and started, you know, putting stuff on them. And... Uh, uh, all kinds of uh, uh, parameters and laws and, uh, you know, whatever. There's nothing new. I'm going to tell you what. What we live, oh, there's some new spirit come into the church. There's nothing new. What, what we're fighting against now is what they fought against in the early church. I think what's happened in the last days, the devil has gotten wiser on how to deal with humanity. But it's the same spirits. And he said, they're enthusiastic about you, but not for any good. Instead, they want to isolate you so you will be enthusiastic about them. You ought to read that a few times. Here, here's a couple things about this. Now, here, here, let me just, now, it's always good to be enthusiastic about a good thing. And not just when I'm with you. I love enthusiasm. I love it when you know, the worship that we have, but I, uh, that enthusiasm is toward him and him alone. You know, I, I, I like it when people, oh, we want to hear you preach, or we, you know, go down, people are enthusiastic about me being somewhere, whatever. Well, you know what? That's going to last as long as I'm around. 
or as long as I can remember things. And that, you know what, that, that enthusiasm is temporary. And I, you know, I'm glad, I'm glad. Great, I'm, but I hope you're enthusiastic more about the gift than the person. Because the gift of God is eternal, and it'll, 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 it goes from one to another, and it just, it never, the kingdom never, you know, there, there's no deficit there. But when you get around people that they want to make uh, you their disciples, and, and they're, you know, I was around uh, services and events where people were over the top enthusiastic. And if we were uh, saying uh, and describing a blessing as, as defined by enthusiasm, just being, woo, I've been in those, and they weren't blessed. It wasn't the Spirit. And I thank God in the middle of it all, He directed, He'll lead and guide us into the truth. But there's some people in our lives, their, 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 their goal is to isolate you. And, and they can use, and it was like, wow, but yeah, they're so fired up. They're so on fire. They're all that. Well, they're on fire um, in, in isolating you so that you can be all enthused about them. Sometimes there's some perversion. <laughs> Sometimes there always is in humanity. So Paul saw that. He said, look, be careful. He said, I, you know, it's, it's good to be enthusiastic. He said, but don't let somebody, when you are in a place of being isolated, danger, dangerous, just saying, I can do this at home. Glad you're watching at home. But you can be isolated in front of a TV, left to your own thoughts. Your own thoughts can be dangerous. That's why when you get around in fellowship and you get in meetings and you get like this, you know, the Word of God can come to you. All right, I'm getting ahead of myself because I better hurry. He says, uh, listen to this. He says, uh, and not just when I'm with you, my children, I am again suffering labor pains for you until Christ is formed where? He's suffering labor pains like, man, Man, come on, get this. Discipleship. That's the whole point of preaching or teaching like this. Is the commandment is to make disciples not just God love you. And, and I, I say it just, but, you know, the message of salvation, of course, is important. But when that becomes the sum to total of your pursuit, well, I just don't want to go to hell, then you're selfish. What God's desiring and what Paul's saying to that church, he said, I'm, gonna, I'm in travail. He said, my children, I'm in suffering labor pains for you until Christ is formed in you. The goal of, of, of our birth, what God's goal in your life, in the new birth, is not just to, for you to escape the fires of hell, but that literally you are transformed or, or he is formed formed in you the responsibility of, of being Christ to a world becomes ours that name the name of Christ I'm just gonna I'm gonna be saved and you know everybody else can take a hike 
You know, I'm going to get blessings for myself, and I really don't care about any. Well, you, you know, let me tell you, you can have a sense of being blessed because freedom's going to come. But freedom comes, and in, in that sense of blessing in our life uh, is consistent when there's the pursuit of transformation. The idea, I, I want to be, God, I want to be yours, and, and Christ be formed in us not enough just to know about you. You know what? People don't care what you know. Do you know that? I, I love you. I'm not looking at any of you, but all you Facebook, you know, wisdom. I lo- God love you, but I can't stand that stuff. Now, who cares? Oh, that was profound. I'm sorry. But man, oh man, you show that to me in your life. You, you, we have that spirit-to-spirit connection. My goodness, man. I can see your wisdom without ever you saying a word. I can see a transformed life. I don't need a meme. It's something that happens. And, 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 and sometimes you, that, you, you, know, you think, well, I, I, I don't know how to say. I don't know how to talk. You don't have to talk. If Christ is formed in you, it just, it literally shines, it flows. It, it, it is a fountain of living water. Please don't stop your memes. I didn't mean to be mean to you. I'm just telling you for me. <laughs> I, I much prefer, I receive it so much just together without a word spoken because I can see Jesus. I, I, I can just that that spirit-to-spirit connection. He says here, he says, I suffer again in pains of, in labor pains, birth pains, until Christ is formed in you. I would uh, like to be with you right now and change my tone of voice, but I don't know what to do about you. I like that. I don't know what to do about you. I have said that about some of you right here. I don't know what to do. Holy smokes, God, that's a mess. But I'm going to tell you what happens. Let me tell you what happens. And I, I, this is for, for real. So, you know, that means everything before that wasn't for real. No, this is real. There's some I thought, God, why are they even here? They're a mess. They're not getting this. But you know what happens? There is a transformation that takes place. I, I'm, I'm telling you, I, I don't say that anymore. I don't, I just like, oh man, I can't, I can't wait to see. But, but, you know, we got this idea that you just instant, instant. You know, we want God to do it instantly. He doesn't always do it instantly. There's times that my, I remember my conversion was so incredible. But I didn't, I, I was born into a church that I didn't have a, I had to hide, Literally. This place you don't have to. So you can come in here as carnal as mud. And you know what? We're going to love you. And we're going to watch God just start to form and then eventually breathe into you the breath of life. And you're going to stand. And then there's going to be just little by little joy and that peace. And, but what happens when you get that sense of being blessed and you understand those truths, don't back up. Man, you're blessed. How many know you're blessed? 
If you don't have a sense of being blessed, I'm going to ask you a couple things. You know, have you been born again? Because you're not just blessed because you're born in this world. You're blessed because you take on the, the, the name of Jesus and the nature of Christ. Now, i got to finish this. So here's what it says, that transformation, uh, uh, Christ being formed. In Romans chapter 12 and verse 2, it says, Do not be conformed to this age, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may discern what is good, pleasing, and perfect will of God. I've heard people think that was three different things. I believe it's the same. God's will for you, God's plan and purpose. But don't be conformed. Sometimes the pressure of this world, we get lazy. And then, okay, we're going to take the path of least resistance. That's why, you know, my brother talking about our, our extended worship. Well, why do we need to do that? Because we need to exercise ourselves to godliness. What's wrong with you sticking around for a half hour? What's wrong? Well, but uh, it's Super Bowl Sunday. Well, it doesn't start till 6. Put the chicken and wings on early. I don't care. Do before. Look. You know, I got, well, I got stuff to do. Come on, man. And I'm, and I'm using that as one example. Well, I don't know what to do there. Well, you're never going to figure it out if you don't pressure yourself. Take the, make the effort to put yourself in a position. What do I do? You know how I learned to pray? I watched some other people praying. And I finally figured out that God doesn't care whether you have it together in prayer. And it was just a community. Same with worship. What do I do? Figure out how to open your spirit to him. Man, oh man, life-changing. That's why we lift our hands. Well, I, I, don't, I don't want to do that. Try it. I promise you, you're not going to get hurt. I mean, if you got a bad shoulder, I'll come help you. I don't care. Whatever. But whatever you do. Why? But what are you doing? I'm, I'm opening my spirit to you. Jeez, man, I got. All right, one, three more messages and I'll be done. All right, so how do you transform your mind? Here it is. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church, gave himself for her to make her holy, cleansing her by the washing of water by the word. The transformation takes place when the word of God has more priority to you than Hollywood. It has more of a priority to you than uh, 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 ballplayer statistics. It's something that you take seriously. Not, and I'm, the written word is in, incredible, and you need to be a part of it. But when you come and you hear the word, when, you, when you're in a fellowship group, or whenever you're, you're listening to uh, some Christian music, because some of it I don't like, but there's some of it that's absolutely uplifting, and it's the word of God that's continually a transformation that goes on. You cannot be transformed into the image of Christ by binge-watching Netflix. And I'm all for watching, you know. But man, when God tells you to shut it off, you know what you need to do? Shut it off. Why? Because they are trying to uh, cause us to be conformed to this age. 
There's a battle going on. You look at this is no game. Be not conformed. They're trying to make us conform. And he's calling us to be transformed. Therefore, Hebrews chapter 6, therefore leaving the elementary message about the Messiah, let us go on to maturity, not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead words, faith in God, teachings about ritual washings, which is baptisms, uh, laying on the hands, resurrection of the dead, and he turns around, judgment. And we'll do this if God permits. What this is saying, you cannot stay in a state of immaturity. You're not supposed to. You're not supposed to. We can but when somebody in the natural stays in a constant state of immaturity, we say there's something wrong, don't we? We grieve. But yet somehow in the church, it's okay for you to be constantly and consistently immature. When God says, no, I want, I want, I want Christ to be formed in you. I want your, you to be transformed. Well, all I want to do is be saved. I don't mind Christianity as long as it doesn't affect my personal life. That's not the way it works. You know, what God wants, the, the idea of we go on to maturity, we don't stay. I remember, again, belonging to an organization, the message, it was every time. It was just, you know, and we thought because it was true, it was great. Well, I know it's true. But there's other things that God would bring into our life to bring us to maturity. And some people delight in keeping you immature and in a place of need, need, need so they can literally manipulate and control you. And sometimes they use enthusiasm to do that. But I'm telling you what, not here. Man, God's called us to be something, to be like him. There are people that you're going to touch and I can't, will never even know, but they need to see Jesus one more scripture. <clears throat> and here it is. It says in Second uh, Peter chapter 1 and verse 3, His divine power has given us everything required for life and godliness. Wait, 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 wait. His divine power has given us what? Everything. Do you have everything? Do you have everything required for life and godliness? Some of you here, where is your sense of being blessed? What did you do with it? Where did you put it? The idea of, well, oh no, I'm going to be blessed. If he, his divine power has given us everything. Everything. Well, but I need one more thing. You know, there's a lot of wants in my life, but my default setting is he's already given me everything. And so I'm going to go back to that everything that he's given me and be thankful for those things. And what happens is, is out of that comes this sense of being blessed. I'm not making that up. It's just the reality of, of a life when you choose him. Are you blessed today? Do you know how many times I've been to pre sermons and they beat you and beat you and beat you? You got to do one more thing before you're blessed. You got to do this before you're blessed. You're blessed. Yeah, but I don't know very much. Don't need to know much. 
If you know Jesus really does care about you, did he bore your sin? Man, that's a great place to start. That ought to, you ought to go out of this house every time you're here with a smile. Yeah, but I, I'm filled with sin. Yeah, but you know what? We have an advocate with the Father today where you can just pour out your life, and man, oh, man, it's instant. Or if you're here today and you have no knowledge of him, hang around, and we'll tell you all about him and how good he is. And it goes on to say, stand with me as I finish this. His divine power has given us everything required for life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. By these has he given us great, very great and precious promises that through them you may share in the divine nature. I'm going to tell you what, there's some gifts out here that are amazing. There's the power of God that's going to be manifest in the last days. But if you don't have his divine nature, I could give a rip about what gift you have. If you're not displaying the very, if you don't have a form of Christ, I'm going to tell you, you say, well, Jesus wouldn't give anybody gifts. Yeah, he does. That's his business. Because I've seen it. But I'm going to tell you what's absolutely or adorns all that God is doing is his nature being lived out through somebody who loves him. So there's been very great and precious promises that's been given to us, and that's amazing, but by the, so that through them you may share in the divine nature. That's a little bit more than being saved, isn't it? It's a little bit further down the road than, man, I want to just make it. I want a cabin in the corner of glory. I, I, I just, you know, no, man. We are called, we are called to greatness. I, honestly, man, if we're going to be Jesus to this world, it's going to be great. We are called to be on display. We're called that, that rivers of living water flow out of us by His Spirit. Man, woo, we're called to that. And I don't want you to miss that. Well, how, how do I make it? Be trans, let your mind be transformed. Let, let Christ be formed in you. Understand what it is to be blessed and stay blessed. And I'm going to tell you, you been there, you know it, and I'm almost done. You've been around people that just are, they're just the blessings are in their life. They, you, you, every time you're around them, you feel like you're, you know, okay. Like, are they putting on a show or they really feel that way? Then you've been around that person that it is Eeyore on steroids. There's nothing but a cloud every day, all day long. I don't like you. I don't like to be around that. It's unnecessary. Where in the world is your sense of being blessed? Well, I, I don't have everything. You, according to his divine power, he's given you everything already. Everything. What more do you want? What more? What more do you want? Come on, man. I am blessed. Every day 
that I live. But I do know there's needs. I know that. I know there's hurts, there's, there's heartache, there's some of you that are struggling with faith. Then that's when we get together and pray at the end. It's about just we coming together. And my faith and your faith coming together and lifting. There's times in, in my past and there's times in my future that I am going to be need, needing to be lifted up. And, I, and, I, and I'm going to be, and I'm in a relationship, and people are going to do that. But if there's a, today's the day that you need to be lifted up. That if you need prayer, that's what we do as a body. So we're going to pray right here. We're going to sing. If there's any need you have, would you come down? You don't even have to speak it. Just come. We're going to pray for you. We're going to let God's Spirit touch you, the gifts of the Spirit touch you. But more than that, we're going to let His divine nature overtake you. So, Father, today, as we sing and pray, Jesus, let our hearts be open to your transformation in our life, that you literally are formed in us, and you put us on display to a world that's desperate to see you. God, let them see you through me. Let them Let them see you through us this week. I speak your favor, your goodness. In Jesus' name, if you have any need at all, would you come down let us pray with you? In Jesus' name. Thanks for listening to this week's message. Be sure and subscribe to the podcast to be notified when new messages are released. And remember to visit gatewaylive.org for more information.